Welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The show where we usually cover what I missed in pop culture through my various years of, of being homeschooled and otherwise sheltered. Um, but we're doing something a little bit different today, aren't we? I gotta tell you, I love this. I am very excited. We're doing a, a little bit of a role reversal today. So today I have compiled a list of interesting facts and all the things we usually cover. And I'm gonna uh, elicit reactions from uh, Christian today. I am all in on this. All right, all right. So the year, 1995, where are you at? 1995, okay. Um, I'm in my mid-teens. I, I, you know, this is this is probably the second year of high school, so I'm probably between ninth and tenth grade, maybe. Ninety-five is a good year, if I recall. Uh, a little more independence, somehow a little more independence, <laughs> considering there, you know, not a lot of uh, not a lot of supervision outside of school. But I am living in South Central LA, and I'm taking the bus. Uh, for almost an hour and 45 minutes to get to high school because uh, my mother's a very smart woman and she real yeah she realized that uh, the schools in the neighborhood that we could afford were shit and very dangerous this is a shout out to la high <laughs> that was right around the corner from where we lived and she's like yeah you're not going there so i used to take the bus from western and pico to melrose and western and then from Merrill's and Western up to Fairfax and Western and went to Fairfax High School. Uh, yeah, that was about an hour, hour and a half, hour 45. In 95, I was most likely missing first period because school was not fun. I don't know if you know, Gabe. Well, I mean, I mean yeah. yeah. Well, it was different <laughs> for you. It was more of an institution for us. I don't know if you. <laughs> I mean, there, there's shared aspects. Pretty sure I told my story about faking, faking reading. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so that's 95 for me. So we're living uh, off of um, Western and Pico. And that was that was C-14 gang territory, if I remember. We had the Slauson swap meet about a block away. And on Fridays, uh, we would go to the local video store and you would rent like two movies, three movies for the price of two for two days. So we'd go and pick up like some VHSs on Friday to return on Sunday. So we'd watch like movie nights, Friday nights and Saturday nights, you know, as a family. So those are very fond memories of living on 14th Street. But yeah, you know, that's that's pretty much my life uh, uh, in 95. How about you? All right. So me, I am uh, seven and I'm pretty sure this is the stage. This is probably real pretty early in the stage of living at my grandparents. So that that you know, almost an acre of property there in Ridge Cucamonga with uh, some citrus trees and the yard work on a regular basis that I learned to resent very quickly. Um, how your, far your was civic the, duty? How far was the move from the previous place to to your grandparents' place? San Bernardino to there. Um, it was probably it's California, so it was probably like a. 40 minute drive so what's the 
because you're homeschooled, and I remember in the pre- some of the previous conversations, it was like a neighborhood homeschooling thing. It wasn't a neighborhood one. So there's a group, interestingly. So like the group was pretty far flung, like the, the, the headquarters, I'm going to put air quotes, um, where the people who held the paperwork and were nominally the principal and the administrative people was a, a couple. I think a, I think a, a couple groups did it, but uh, was in Mira Loma, which was like you know I don't know like a an hour drive from where we lived maybe or or could have been more. Uh, you're you're dealing with a child. It felt like forever on the drive. I'd have to actually Google it, but probably like an hour, an hour and some. So it wasn't within a really close vicinity. Um, and it, it had no impact. Didn't didn't really matter where we were at what point. So the the commute still had to happen for you guys to, to homeschool together. If you were going to someone's house for the various classes, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, wherever you were going from there was that. So yeah, for specific things like certain science classes for electronics, like we you know we had a a, a guy who worked for like the power company, and we literally like were soldering circuit boards in his like living room. You know, and making little circuits, like simple circuits to do lights and whatever, you know, That's that was soldering. I actually like soldering. Like, I never had this stuff, and I don't know why I would ever do it, but there's something therapeutic about taking the solder and, like, melting it and, like, attaching the real neatly, you know, like, doing, like, a real nice job. Yeah, I come from it's the fun. I come from the background that ele- my junior high used to have a soldering class and a, oh, and a me- metal working class. Like, those things ended, I think around the time I was in high school because like my high school still had an auto shop, but I've heard stories that like that ended and like the, the class where I would solder and make and play with electricity that ended and woodworking class ended. Woodworking we did out of someone's garage. Yeah. It was a class. It was a class in my junior high along with metalworking and stuff like that. But I know those don't exist anymore. They're not a thing. Yeah. Okay, so you're 95, you just moved there, like things are kind of pretty much staying the same, you're just in a new new battleground there, huh? Yeah, just there, that we'll be there for a while, as it turned out. I mean, as a kid, uh, everything's a little up in the air anyway, I suppose, because it's all out of your control, but um, it ended up being a pretty stable chunk. Um, as for the year, uh, some of the headlining things that happened in 95, Michael Jordan returns to the NBA. Ooh, after he played baseball. There you go. Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise was the top song this oh, year. Brother, what was it? Um, what was the name of that movie with Michelle Pfeiffer? Um, uh, not Freedom Riders. What was the name of that movie, Gabe? That 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 the song was from. Ooh, Gangsta's Paradise. You're you're asking the person that. Yeah, that's true. Reacts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Go on. I'll find out, and then I'll. I'll no, I just I don't know because <laughs> I I probably never seen the movie. Um. All right. All right. All right. And then. Amazon sold its first book in 95. Oh, shit. Dangerous Minds. That's the name of the movie. That was the that's the one with the, the song. Yeah. The first book ever ordered on Amazon. Fluid concepts and creative analogies. Computer models of the fundamental mechanics of thought. A self-help book? All right. No, that's just like a heavy. It looks like a heavy uh, computer models. Computer oh, okay. Models of the fundamentals of thought. And if. Damn, yeah, that seems like probably kind of like a heavy reading. That's not not light reading. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, movies, yeah? All right, I'm ready. Should we start, we start with some movies? Okay, so 95, what do you think the... Uh, it's not the top grossing, but one of the top grossing movies would be in 95. Without putting too much thought in it, what do you think? 
Well, obviously, wherever Gangster's Paradise is from, uh, Dangerous Minds. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see, 95, mid-90s. What is happening? Um, is it like, uh, ooh, is it like The Mask or Ace Ventura? Ace Ventura, is, he's, he's in there this year. There is an ooh. Ace Ventura this year. Okay, okay. Batman Forever is what I started the list with. Oh, no. So, 92, ooh, so it took three years for Schumacher to remake Batman. Oh, Batman Forever was a top-grossing movie? It was up there, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yep, so we got Batman Forever. Um, here's, uh, so I, uh, of course, did not see Batman. I still haven't seen Batman Forever. Don't, don't. It's one of those that's fine. Bat. I mean, well, no, Batman Forever, yes. No, 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 Batman Returns, yes. Batman Forever, no. And Batman and Robin, no. Okay, which one was Batman Forever? Batman Forever, if I recall, was was um, Val Kilmer, right? Okay. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, so that one is great because it's, it starts with, with the Michael Keaton outfit. Halfway through the movie, it gets... It changes. It, gets, it changes to the new Batman one. But yeah, no. They, they included the suit upgrade in the movie, which is always fun. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I like Batman Forever that, was Val Kilmer, and it wasn't. It wasn't great. It was not great at all. But I do like Val Kilmer though. Yeah, I, 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 I am not mad at him at all. I just recently rewatched Heat. Um, he's such a good actor. Anyway, he is. But yeah, that's uh, uh, that's Batman Forever, if I recall right. All right, Apollo thirteen. Ooh, uh, was it Kevin Bacon, Tom Hanks? Ed Harris, I want to say, was in that one, too. Ed Harris was. He's Mission Control. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a fun movie. That one that one, I have fond memories of watching with my dad. Like, that one was like a... That was one of those ones that, like, it, it, it as a kid, like, normally I'd want to watch action kind of oriented movies, right? I want to see stuff happening. But that one made your palms sweaty for, like, a completely different reason. Like, that one, like, was intense. It was one of my earliest movies that was intense from a non action oriented angle where I actually felt the intensity of this, of the scenes. And it was because of their situation and knowing that like real people went through this. Like I had some cognition mm. of seeing it being like, Oh my gosh, can you actually imagine being in the, in that situation? You know, did you watch that movie gravity with uh, Sandra Bullock? Yes. The the way you described Apollo 13 is, is definitely how gravity made me feel. There were moments where I'm like, what am I grabbing onto? Because this, there's no need for me to white knuckle anything right now. Yet here I am white knuckling watching this movie. So gravity did a really good job of conveying the feeling of being freaked out by the stuff that could potentially happen in yes. space. But apparently it's very unrealistic. It did a bad job of actually scientifically representing the stuff. You know what, though? I watched that movie in the IMAX theater in California. Yeah. Or I what? saw it in, in theaters as well. I saw it on the big screen. Yeah. No, dude, that movie, I don't care how inaccurate it was. It put me in <laughs> it space. It made you feel things. It made you, I, like, I felt cold when she felt cold. Oh, this, the stuff with the spinning off into the nothing in space, like that freaked me out for yes. real, like actual yes. anxiety. That was <laughs> I got real anxiety such a good movie. That was such a and good movie. And the little debris and realizing that like we are creating like an impenetrable shield around Earth of human detritus. Yeah. Okay, Apollo it's, 13. It's, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Um, and for the record, uh, Batman Forever grossed $184 uh, million dollars that year. That's nothing. <laughs> um, Apollo 13 got 172 million. 
Um, another interesting one from that year. It wasn't as high up there on the list, uh, not even close, but seven. Oh, shoot. That movie is amazing. That is that's it's another... One of, it's uh, one of those movies where, like, Brad Pitt was a game changer in that movie. And you have Brad Pitt, you have Morgan Freeman, you have Gwyneth Paltrow. And... This is the year of Brad Pitt. Oh, I... <laughs> like we've got we've got he's slowly there's re- like several movies he's replacing he Clint Eastwood huh? <laughs> he is he's that and he was this is the year he was uh he was uh sexiest man alive oh that's just that's a that's a bonus fact I didn't even include that anywhere I just saw that in passing and there there's so many there's like three or four movies I think this year that he's in so we'll spread that out we'll spread the bad, Brad Pitt love around. So yeah, Kevin Spacey right is the bad guy in this one. Yeah, fun fact and in real life. <laughs> Oh, not too soon. Um, fun fact, Denzel Washington turned down the role of Brad Pitt in Seven. Oh, man. Imagine that. I, like, there's there's a whole bunch. Like, uh, the one that recently came up, of course, because of all the resurgence with Matrix, was that uh, Will Smith turning down the role of, of Neo. That would have been an entirely different movie. Although, I got to tell you, I I know. I know what you're thinking. We all want to hear the Matrix rap. <laughs> <laughs> the nice, clean, family-friendly yes. Matrix rap. <laughs> it's funny because to see Will Smith tell the story of that, too, is that he's like, I did you all a favor because I got you all Keanu. <laughs> he went and did Wild Wild West instead. Oh, no. Which he makes a face at the camera. He was like, all right. But so, it did give know. us the Wild Wild West movie song. Ch- choices are made. <laughs> it did get a song. Uh, all right. So yeah, seven was a, I, that's another one that I saw w- much later. Obviously I did not see it at age seven. Cause that would have been, I strange. definitely saw it in the theater, dude. I did. And, uh, that is quite the movie. I haven't seen that in a while. That one deserves a rewatch here at some point. That's, that's, yeah, I've seen it a couple times, but yeah. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it. I remember watching it in the theater with my friends and we were, I mean, we were quoting that what's in the box for weeks, weeks after and I saw it in the last two years again, and it holds up. It is well done. Um, I forget about how quiet and strong Gwyneth Paltrow's performance is, but it's yeah, it's it's such a it's such a good good movie. It is a very good yeah, movie. a lot of dynamic performances in within that movie. All right, and then and the last one we'll talk about today, uh, Waterworld. Oh my God, my love for Waterworld is is as infinite as as much water as there is in Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> which is basically limitless. I, I recently our, also our, in the last our, two to five years, I rewatched that movie because I wanted to remember just if it was bad or it just, if it, if the world just wasn't ready for it. Right. Uh, I haven't watched it in that, but my vote would be that I think, I think it was like ahead of its time. So it was a post-apocalyptic world where the polar ice caps melt basically. And there's certain, yep. you know, like, so, so the weird thing is people have built, little oasises, dry oasises, basically, where, where it's a bunch of, you know, like uh, rafts kind of tied together. Yes, floating. Yeah, and they've made like little campsites almost, but almost like small towns in the West type of thing. Uh-huh. And um, one thing I always remember about that movie is the main character recycling his pee and drinking, which I thought, okay, so it's not like they can't drink. But I remember... Like the big storyline where like uh, Dennis Hopper's character is the bad guy and everything. That was always like, okay, that was always weird to me. But 
the fact that that the main character, Kevin Costner's character, comes out as like a as a mutant who's evolved into this new world and ha- and is able to like swim down into the depths of the ocean and he's like swimming in New York City, you know, that's all underwater. And he grabs these these uh, relics, you know, from the old world in sand, which is like valuable. And he's able to like trade that for because there's no money. You just trade it for for like, you know, what clean water or milk or, or you know, like uh, whiskey or something or cigarettes. I rewatched it and I thought this is not a, as bad of a movie as it, as it flopped, flopped so hard. Post-apocalyptic became much more in vogue you know, a decade later. Maybe that's what it is. But, but yeah, you know, it's, it's the story, right? Where he believed in the movie so much that he put his own money into it and basically came back negative on it. Um, Got hosed. And then like the next two movies he did were also like flops. So he took, like he had a hard time coming back, but he did like Kevin Costner has steadily worked throughout, you know, all those years. But yeah, but I think I think Waterworld gets a bad rap. I mean, I've seen worse movies. I really have. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no. I like Waterworld. I, I you know, but of course I'm also a fan of that genre. So yeah. I'm a little biased. It could have been worse, is what I'm saying. It could have been worse. <laughs> that's fair. Oh, that's fun um, though. Seven seven and Waterworld in the same year. That's pretty good. Ninety five was a pretty good year for movies, I feel like. Nice. Overall. Not gonna lie. I'm looking forward to their next episodes. Oh man. So Popular TV shows of time, and I'm I'm trying to avoid like certain shows. You know, they they we we already talked about continue to be popular throughout, right? So I dug a little bit deeper and kind of picked around. So we might we might not to say that there's no repeating here because come on, it's TV. It's all it's all the same. NYPD Blue. Oh man, I'm telling you, I've got stories. NYPD yeah? NYPD Blue was that show that came out at 10 p.m. on Channel Seven. <sighs> And it was the gritty TV show of like of you know New York police, and they gave you side boob, and it was it was crazy side boob is gritty. Oh yeah, David Caruso. <laughs> My recollection, because I didn't get to watch it at the time, you of course, shouldn't and, have, Dave. and haven't gone back since. You shouldn't have. Was that I could see that I would see the ads that it was upcoming. I never vividly remember for many years seeing NYPD Blue coming up at whatever time, and that stuff later, and just be like, oh, that's interesting, cop stuff. And then, you know, I never got to see it because it was on late. So I, I remember the advertisements for it, though, still. Like, that's what's vivid from my childhood about that particular show. Um, the ever-popular ER. Yeah, yeah. I I never got into ER, but I know, like, you know, everybody knows George Clooney, like, was the man. That's about all I remember from ER. I watched a thing recently where uh, uh, Dr. Mike goes through like the television shows and kind of rates how well they do. And apparently ER holds up, holds up pretty well, all things considered, especially for how old it is compared to a lot of the shows that have come out since then in terms of its accuracy. And it like did not do as bad as you might think it for as, uh, as what was on forever ago, right? We could take pretty middle of the road if for you, accuracy. And If you remember, did it do better than House? <laughs> I think his thing with House was that, like, a lot of the stuff they did and said in House was correct. It was just so, like, he's like, you'd have to have a medical textbook. Like, you wouldn't see this. Uh, that was the problem with House is that his stuff, like, that and the fact that House is is completely unrealistic as a character. Because somebody abusing pain pills and doing all this stuff, he wouldn't last that long and wouldn't be in that role. Like, it would fall apart. Mm. Like, he couldn't continue for nine years doing <laughs> 
he did <laughs> in the situation he was in. All right, all right. So that was more of the complaint there. Like they had some, he, he said they got some very cool stuff, but like even as a doctor, you're sitting there going like, that's what? And you're like looking it up to see what he's talking about. It's like he wouldn't, nobody would know that off the top of their head. Like literally no one. And that's, you know, of course that's the cool thing about the show, but that's where that show has issues. It's not, I think they did terminology pretty well and, you know, symptoms well and stuff like that. Good portrayals of the actual ailments. Caroline in the City. I know the name of this show, and I'm pretty sure I've watched episodes, but I don't remember who starred in it or who was in it. But I remember it being a show that even my radar picked up, and I remember watching a few episodes. I honestly don't know uh, anything about it, but it cropped up on the list like pretty high up. Um, yeah, it must have had a good year. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It, it also actually launched in 95. Oh, so um, I had a really good year. Yeah, but it was it was like it was up in the top like ten for the year. I don't know a thing about it. Let's see, it's an American television sitcom that ran on NBC Network, stars uh, Leah Thompson as cartoonist Caroline Duffy. Oh, the cartoonist part who lives in Manhattan. Yes, okay, that rings. Uh, a bell. Yeah, it premiered in September of 1995 in the must-see TV Thursday night block between Seinfeld and ER. Oh my God. Yeah, which Seinfeld I ignored for yeah, the foreseeable reasons, future because yeah. like we already talked about it, but of course Seinfeld is still reigning the reign one of the reigning champions of the 90s. And if you're and if you're already watching Seinfeld, right? Why not stay for Caroline in the City? Right, right you know you're going to end up staying there ER for after. ER anyway. So yeah, yeah, leave the TV on. <laughs> that should be that should have been a slogan, huh? Primetime TV, <laughs> leave the TV on. Just leave it on. And the last one. I'm not sure how reliable this was because one list I found it, and it might be just a function of the being the American dub, but Sailor Moon. Oh, okay. Never, never got into it, but uh, well aware of it. And I, I believe it was the English dub that premiered that year as well. So mm. that also might be a function of this. But again, I figured it was an interesting pick. I got. Uh, I know people who are very into Sailor Moon. Um, I've never watched an episode of it. I'm not. I've watched. A lot of your intro animes and whatever Adult Swim would throw on in some of their random, like, watch this. And you're just like, I don't know what's going on. But Sailor Moon, I think a pretty mainstream anime. I never got into it. I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those that uh, that, like you said, it's it it broke through through, you know, like Western audiences. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It definitely found an audience. OK. TV shows that ended in 1995. We're going to start off with a bang. It's a big one. Batman, the animated series. Oh, I should have known. It started in 92. Now, this is, and uh, just to be clear, right? This is the one before it turned into like Batman and Robin, right? All right. Before it let's, moved. Let's, let's double check. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember, I remember watching it on, on Channel 11 Fox. 9 out of 10 IMDb. Dude. So I, I remember. 92% liked this TV show. I, I remember first, watching first it on. First air date. 92 yeah i remember watching it on fox and then i remember it switched over to to cw or or wb whatever the hell it was called and i didn't like the animation anymore and i remember it got it it got turned into like batman the adventures of batman and robin or something like that yeah it did get turned into that okay so that's when that ended right so so that regular animated show ended and then the new one started but again they kept they kept the voices they kept the actors they kept everything the same they just changed the animation 
and and uh, and added Robin, which again, like, wasn't terrible. But when you were so used to the animated show, like, it was a bit of a letdown to move into that other one. Okay. Yeah, it's tough when the okay. bar gets set so high. But yeah, that's crazy. That's 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 how that ended. Um, uh, the what well, we've already discussed uh, our feelings on that. I'm pretty sure we mm. touched on that at some mm-hmm. point. The George Carlin show. The George Carlin show. I remember this existed, but I honestly don't remember it. I mean, would not have been something I could see. I know uh, enough of, of George Carlin. I was like, oh, he had a show. It ended in 95. Oh, all right. Yeah, I, I remember his stand-up more than anything. I don't remember his show. Huh. Yeah, no. Stand-up is all I got for him. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, let's see. Hang on. This is where you find out. Four percent of people liked the show. This is where you find out he hated it. (laughs) A New York City taxi cab driver spends his free time at a local watering hole. It was only on uh, from ninety four into ninety five, so it was only it was a season. They only got eight. Yep. Oh, they just weren't ready for it, huh? The Daily Adventures of New York cab driver George O'Grady. Well, they didn't go too far in the name either, huh? (laughs) Wallace. While not the weirdest man in New York City, is definitely in the top three. Man, they were really selling that show. Yeah, that was didn't didn't go as well as planned. This is very close to eh, just leave the TV on. (laughs) It's just half an hour. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's a guy named George from New York. Yeah, just leave the TV Uh, on. It could be maybe you might laugh. Yeah, get smart. Wait, there was a remit a reboot. Let's find out the details of specifics of that. <laughs> Why do I remember this? What the hell? Gabe, this is exactly what we wanted from this episode. Me reacting like it this. is. <laughs> it is. It is a reboot. Let's I see, don't remember a reboot. 1995 dude. TV series. Did, was it only on for a year? Don Adams, Kicking Andy Dick, back. Elaine Hendricks, Barbara Feldon, and Heather Morgan. So Don, Don Adams came back for a reboot in the 90s. 30, what, 20 years? 30 years after the original ended. There is only seven episodes. Seven episodes. <laughs> oh, no. The world just wasn't ready, Don. It literally, um, it literally launched and canceled and ended in 95. Oh, Could have put it in both categories. Oh, poor Don. Andy Dick, though. This was the... This was like the the heyday for him, huh? Right. Mid nineties. Oh man, this is a good one. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, look yeah, that yeah. Up. So there's a there's an interesting one, and and this one I put in because it made me uh, remember my grandma, uh, Perry Mason, which I thought was. You know, I was a Perry Mason fan, dude. Uh, I don't know why or how it got into my radar. Probably like the the Twilight Zone Outer Limits era, you know. Perry yeah, Mason, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely watched Perry Mason along with uh, Rockford Files, you know, like <laughs> those those old timey type of stuff. I used to definitely categorize those around the same uh, style and it would be in the same block. If you got Perry Mason, you most likely got Rockford Files right afterwards. And then like Simon and Simon. <laughs> and Heart I Heart. recognize all of that from <laughs> uh, a particular block that would happen on, on 56 KDOs. Yes. And- at my age, I wasn't like Perry Mason. I was like, ah, it's the boring court stuff. Like he's not doing anything interesting. But my grandma loved that show, as I recall, or at least watched it. Maybe it was a leave the TV on situation. I don't know. But that's what I remember about that. Be like, what's the board? Like it wasn't Bonanza. It wasn't Gunsmoke. It wasn't combat. Like 
So it didn't appeal to me, but uh, there was an audience for that. So and and I imagine I'm gonna I'm gonna say the name of another show, and you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that's right up there too with my grandma Matlock, right? <laughs> I'm nodding. Yes. Yes. Of course. Of course, Matlock was there. If your grandma loved uh, Perry Mason, she loved Matlock. Everybody yeah, loved yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. loved Andy Griffith. All right. All right. So, on to New Beginnings, TV shows that started in 95. Jag. Ooh. Again, a show I didn't watch, but I was aware of. So, this show for me, I... I mean, okay, hang on. Like, I to be, I, I watched the show while it ran because it ran for a an awfully long time. A long time, yeah. It was one of those shows that um, it was one of those shows that like I would always see an advertising for and be surprised that it was still on. Very much like the our current like uh, Grey's Anatomy. I'm like, that show's still right. on. So Jag went from September 23rd of 95 through April 29th of 2005. It had a, a ten year. 10 year run. No, game. And tie ins with 2005. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. Huh? Sorry. You said 2005, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and it had tie ins with, uh, at some point, with NCIS, the franchise. It there did. There was some crossover done. Um, so this show, I would only see. I, so my earliest recollections of it would be seeing it on the TV at like Applebee's or something when we'd be there. Like one of my mom's things that she would do is if she needed to get some stuff done, like some paperwork or do something, she'd take us out to some some little sit down restaurant because we'd be entertained by burgers and fries and whatever, you know, background things were happening. And then she could sit there and, and drink her coffee and have something to eat and like sit there and, and go through her paperwork. Mm. And I remember like, even at the, you know, the tender young age uh, of seven, I was fascinated with military stuff. Right. Mm. Like I'm, my course may have already been charted before I knew it. And I, uh, I would be drawn to see like, you know, the uniforms and all the stuff happening and the, you know, the little bits of action, like whatever. So I remember seeing it there. And then it wasn't until much later that I started uh, actually watching the show in earnest, like the, the USA uh, channel. Yes, ran they it. did. They did. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And they would actually, they would get into some blocks where they'd run like marathons of it even <laughs> on occasion. And then my mom got kind of into it and it sort of became a thing we'd watch together. Like I actually own, I think the entire, series if not the entire series i would probably like eight of the ten seasons i might not have the last couple on dvd because of her wanting to watch wow. it so we would we would get it i have a box full of jag dvds that's really amazing yeah and it's funny because it's real nostalgic for me it brings back like it's funny to see military bases in like the 90s and think about I used to, any chance I got, a National Guard armory, a base, whatever. When I was a kid, I wanted to visit, you know, and, and say hi to everybody. And, and we would do that. And it's just, it's that same. It's sort of like a, a still frame of that, you know. It's a it's a, uh, a memory of that. It brings me back. Very cool. Okay. All right, Jag. So there you go. That started in 95, interestingly. All right. Um, where's our next one? Let's see. Xena. The Warrior, Warrior Princess. Princess spinoff of uh, Conan, uh, not Conan, uh, Hercules, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I, that's another one I never saw, other than perhaps Dude, in the background somewhere. I was a huge fan of Kevin Zorbo's Hercules, and I remember that I think she made an appearance on the show and a few appearances, and it got popular enough where she was able to branch out on their own. Lucy Lawless, I'm going to say, is her name. 
Um, yes, that is her name. Yeah, That's no, what it, a great I, name too. I was a fan honest. of that show, man. Like the Hercules show and the Xena show, I used to definitely watch. You know that there was a short-lived young Hercules Adventures with um, what's that? Uh, Ryan Gosling as the lead, if I recall. What? I want to say that's that sounds right in my head, but I, I can't. Yeah, I'm not looking anything up. But yeah, no, I was definitely a fan of Xena and Hercules. Yeah, and, no, that was another one of those ones where that was a TV show that, like, honestly, if I'd been a bit older or had a bit less supervision, I'm sure I would have watched. It was rather clean, just though. Just because. Rather clean. Uh, it was a matter of more of just being on, like, regular television and not having the access. And, like, yeah, you know, I gotcha. So uh, it wasn't PBS and it wasn't old-timey and it wasn't educational. Also historically accurate to the Greek mythology, just, you know, putting it right. out there. I mean, I was into mythology. I, so, I, I, you know, honestly, I definitely would watch it. Um, it's funny too because in in the quick search just now, it gets a not so great six point seven out of ten on IMDb. But as far as Google users, ninety two percent of them liked it. Yeah, no, I rated it again. It was like it was a it was a fun show empowering yeah. empowering women and uh, and just an adventure show. That same reason I think we all liked uh, Hercules. So I think uh, I I remember. I didn't know anyone who who mentioned watching it or anything like that. It's just you'd see some ads or some stuff on TV sometime and think, man, what's going on there? The Drew Carey Show. Oh, man, that show. Ohio, Ohio. (laughs) That intro. (laughs) That was a very, very, very funny show, dude. I used to actually honestly watch that uh, pretty regularly. I think that show gave us that show gave us. Ryan Stiles, I want to say his name is, who then ends yeah. up who ends up working with Drew Carey on Whose Line Isn't Anyway, which ends up giving us Wayne Brady. Um, but that show was really funny. It was really good. Uh, and they didn't take themselves too serious. You know, they they had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the Drew Carey show. That was a very funny show. The other the other actor that we get from that show that ends up voicing. I want to say he was he voiced the Batman in Batman. Um Diedrich uh no, D D not Diedrich Dieter Dieter uh, Bader. Diedrich Bader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ends up I don't know how he pronounced it. Yeah, he ends up voicing he ends up voicing Batman in the Batman animated TV show. He becomes the voice of Batman eventually. Whoa. Yeah, no, it was there a great show. It was a really funny show. Um there's one more female in that show from um uh, Sarah Miller, I want to say, was her name. I want to say that was her name. But she ends up being in Scrubs, too. So just kind of... All right, all right. Yeah, that's one that I, I have no... I, I think I knew... Like, I've I've seen that it existed probably long since then. Never saw it, never any exposure. Really? That, that was actually a very funny show. If I remember, they were... They were customer service at, a, at like... Um, either they worked at a department store or they were customer service for a department store. I think that was the premise of the show. And then there's that, that rivalry between him and one of his coworkers. Uh, I remember her name was Mimi, but again, a really, really good show. And uh, Craig Ferguson, I think was also on that show. Right. Yeah, he sure was. He was the boss. If I recall. Yeah, no, honestly, I, I watched the fact that I remember all this, I, I watched that. Testament. I watched that show a lot, dude. It was a fun show. It really was a fun show. They even, I think, with the success of like whose line is it anyway? They ended up doing like live shows 
you know, like live recordings uh, of them, like uh, improvising the, throughout the show and stuff like that. They had a lot of fun with it towards the end. That's really cool. Um, the last thing I, inclu- I, I included in this section for TV, show, it, it's not really a TV show specifically, but it's an important TV thing. The History Channel launched. Oh, 95. What was and I, I don't know if you know this, but what was their what was their their schedule? Like what did what were they? You know, you know how like when we talked about the Cartoon Network being launched and and they just basically started playing old Hanna-Barbera and Merry Melodies. What was right, the, right. What was the History Channel's like uh, debut like schedule? You know, like what 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 shows were they like busting out of their National Geographic stuff or? Let's see, because so my experience with History Channel once we had satellite, which was much later than ninety five. Yeah, you were like early two thousands, right? Satellite. If yeah. I recall, if I recall from our many conversations. Yes, yes. Once I had like the the History Channel was a semi permanent fixture. Like if I wasn't watching. If you weren't watching something specific on Cartoon Network or on some other, it was probably just on the History Channel because at that point it was all, uh, you know, modern marvels, tales of the gun, something about World War II throughout, you know, they just had tons of programs that were basically all good as far as I was concerned at the time. There's something interesting to see. So, yeah, there was it was the heyday, I think, is when I saw it. So let's see if we can see what 95 had. His channel 95. Yeah, original. I guess it would be like original programming. Oh, look at this. That it was a, a flagship channel for the A&E networks owned by Walt Disney. The network was originally focused on history based documentaries. And then in the during the 2000, the late 2000s, they drifted into reality TV show programming. What a shame. Yeah. Yeah, no, I um, I watched a little critique not that long ago that talked about how, like, it was kind of, they had this this arc of Hitchell where initially they were doing historical documentaries, but they got criticized for, like, some of the accuracy and some of their sourcing. Mm-hmm. And so they improved that to a, at least a, a reasonable extent and became pretty, pretty accurate about things in history for a while there. And then they got into their reality TV and their, you know, more original produced programming and into the theoretical stuff and it, it was a it was a it was the demise and then they had the splinter off like the military channel kind of took a lot of probably what would have been on the history channel oh uh, yeah that makes sense as core programming kind of splintered off and it just it was never the same okay 95 is when they started nice uh, gabe it seems like we're going to be talking about this first episode of 95 for a while and while i would love to make this an hour and a half to two hours <laughs> The listeners might not have as much time. Not everybody's driving the audience. Not everybody's driving around as a truck driver, getting in as many podcasts as they can. They might need a break in between. So I think think maybe this is a good time to like pause before we continue the conversation later on. 